Then the people of the land took Josiah's son Jehoahaz and made him the next king in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was twenty-three years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. Then he was deposed by the king of Egypt, who demanded that Judah pay seven thousand five hundred pounds of silver and seventy-five pounds of gold as tribute. The king of Egypt then installed Eliakim, the brother of Jehoahaz, as the next king of Judah and Jerusalem, and he changed Eliakim's name to Jehoiakim. Then Necho took Jehoahaz to Egypt as a prisoner. Jehoiakim was twenty-five years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eleven years. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Then King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and captured it, and he bound Jehoiakim in bronze chains and led him away to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also took some of the treasures from the temple of the Lord, and he placed them in his palace in Babylon. The rest of the events in Jehoiakim's reign, including all the evil things he did and everything found against him, are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Then his son Jehoiakim became the next king. Jehoiakim was eighteen years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months and ten days. Jehoiakim did what was evil in the Lord's sight. In the spring of the year, King Nebuchadnezzar took Jehoiakim to Babylon. Many treasures from the temple of the Lord were also taken to Babylon at that time, and Nebuchadnezzar installed Jehoiakim's uncle Zedekiah as the next king in Judah and Jerusalem. Zedekiah was twenty-one years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eleven years. But Zedekiah did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. And he refused to humble himself when the prophet Jeremiah spoke to him directly from the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, even though he had taken an oath of loyalty in God's name. Zedekiah was a hard and stubborn man, refusing to turn to the Lord, the God of Israel. Likewise, all the leaders of the priests and the people became more and more unfaithful. They followed all the pagan practices of the surrounding nations, desecrating the temple of the Lord that had been consecrated in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their ancestors, repeatedly sent His prophets to warn them, for He had compassion on His people and His temple. But the people mocked these messengers of God and despised their words. They scoffed at the prophets. Until the Lord's anger could no longer be restrained, and nothing could be done, so the Lord brought the king of Babylon against them. The Babylonians killed Judah's young men, even chasing after them into the temple. They had no pity on the people, killing both young men and young women, the old and the infirm. God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. The king took home to Babylon all the articles, large and small, used in the temple of God, and the treasures from both the Lord's temple and from the palace of the king and his officials. Then his army burned the temple of God, 
tore down the walls of Jerusalem, burned all the palaces, and completely destroyed everything of value. The few who survived were taken as exiles to Babylon, and they became servants to the king and his sons until the kingdom of Persia came to power. So the message of the Lord spoken through Jeremiah was fulfilled. The land finally enjoyed its Sabbath rest, lying desolate until the seventy years were fulfilled, just as the prophet had said. The Memoirs of Ezra In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout his kingdom. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild this temple of the Lord, the God of Israel who lives in Jerusalem. And may your God be with you. Wherever this Jewish remnant is found, let their neighbors contribute toward their expenses by giving them silver and gold, supplies for the journey and livestock, as well as a voluntary offering for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Then God stirred the hearts of the priests and Levites and the leaders of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And all their neighbors assisted by giving them articles of silver and gold, supplies for the journey, and livestock. They gave them many valuable gifts in addition to all the voluntary offerings. King Cyrus himself brought out the articles that King Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the Lord's temple in Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his own gods. Cyrus directed Mithridath, the treasurer of Persia, to count these items and present them to Sheshbazzar, the leader of the exiles returning to Judah. This is a list of the items that were returned. Gold basins, 30. Silver basins, 1,000. Silver incense burners, 29. Gold bowls, 30. Silver bowls, 410. Other items, 1,000. In all, there were 5,400 articles of gold and silver. Sheshbazzar brought all of these along when the exiles went from Babylon to Jerusalem. Here is the list of the Jewish exiles of the provinces who returned from their captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar had deported them to Babylon, but now they returned to Jerusalem and the other towns in Judah where they originally lived. Their leaders were Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Sareah, Realiah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvi, Rehum, and Baana. This is the number of men of Israel who returned from exile. The family of Parash, 2,172. The family of Shephatiah, 372. The family of Ara, 775. The family of Pehath-Moab, descendants of Jeshua and Joab, 2,812. The family of Elam, 1,254. The family of Zatu, 945. 
the family of Zakkai, 760. The family of Bani, 642. The family of Bebai, 623. The family of Asgad, 1,222. The family of Adonikam, 666. The family of Bigvi, 2,056. The family of Aden, 454. The family of Ater, descendants of Hezekiah, 98. The family of Bezai, 323. The family of Jorah, 112. The family of Hashem, 223. The family of Gibar, 95. The people of Bethlehem, 123. The people of Netopha, 56. The people of Anathoth, 128. The people of Bethasmaveth, 42. The people of Kiriath Jearim, Kephira, and Beoroth, 743. The people of Ramah and Geba, 621. The people of Michmash, 122. The people of Bethel and Ai, 223. The citizens of Nebo, 52. The citizens of Magbish, 156. The citizens of West Elam, 1,254. The citizens of Haram, 320. The citizens of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 725. The citizens of Jericho, 345. The citizens of Sanea, 3,630. These are the priests who returned from exile. The family of Judea, through the line of Jeshua, 973. The family of Immer, 1,052. The family of Pashur, 1,247. The family of Haram, 1,017. These are the Levites who returned from exile. The families of Jeshua and Kadmiel, descendants of Hodaviah, 74. The singers of the family of Asaph, 128. The gatekeepers of the families of Shalem, Ater, Talman, Akab, Hatida, and Shobai, 139. The descendants of the following temple servants returned from exile. Ziha, Hasufa, Tabeath, Kiras, Siah, Paden, Labena, Hagabah, Akab, Hagab, Shalmai, Hanan, Giddel, Gehar, Rhea, Reason, Nakoda, Gazam, Uzzah, Pasia, Besai, Asna, Mayunim, Nefusim, Bakbuk, Hakufa, Harher, Basleth, Mahida, Harsha, Barkas, Sisera, Tima, Naziah, and Hadapha. The descendants of these servants of King Solomon returned from exile. Sotai, Hasafareth, Peruda, Ja'ala, Darkon, Giddel, Shavatiah, Hadal, Pakareth Hazabaim, and Amai. In all, the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants numbered 392. Another group returned at this time from the towns of Telmila, 
Telharsha, Kirub, Adon, and Immer. However, they could not prove that they or their families were descendants of Israel. This group included the families of Delea, Tobiah, and Nakoda, a total of 652 people. Three families of priests, Hobiah, Hakaz, and Barzillai, also returned. This Barzillai had married a woman who was a descendant of Barzillai of Gilead, and he had taken her family name. They searched for their names in the genealogical records, but they were not found, so they were disqualified from serving as priests. The governor told them not to eat the priest's share of food from the sacrifices until a priest could consult the Lord about the matter by using the Urim and Thummim, the sacred lots. So a total of 42,360 people returned to Judah, in addition to 7,337 servants and 200 singers, both men and women. They took with them 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. When they arrived at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, some of the family leaders made voluntary offerings toward the rebuilding of God's temple on its original site, and each leader gave as much as he could. The total of their gifts came to 61,000 gold coins, 6,250 pounds of silver, and 100 robes for the priests. So the priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, the temple servants, and some of the common people settled in villages near Jerusalem. The rest of the people returned to their own towns throughout Israel. In early autumn, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled in Jerusalem with a unified purpose. Then Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, joined his fellow priests and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, with his family in rebuilding the altar of the God of Israel. They wanted to sacrifice burnt offerings on it, as instructed in the law of Moses, the man of God, even though the people were afraid of the local residents, they rebuilt the altar at its old site. Then they began to sacrifice burnt offerings on the altar to the Lord each morning and evening. They celebrated the festival of shelters, as prescribed in the law, sacrificing the number of burnt offerings specified for each day of the festival. They also offered the regular burnt offerings, and the offerings required for the new moon celebrations and the annual festivals as prescribed by the Lord. The people also gave voluntary offerings to the Lord. Fifteen days before the festival of shelters began, the priests had begun to sacrifice burnt offerings to the Lord. This was even before they had started to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. Then the people hired masons and carpenters and bought cedar logs from the people of Tyre and Sidon, paying them with food, wine, and olive oil. The logs were brought down from the Lebanon mountains and floated along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to Joppa, for King Cyrus had given permission for this. The construction of the Temple of God began in mid-spring, during the second year after they arrived in Jerusalem. The workforce was made up of everyone who had returned from exile, including Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, and his fellow priests, and all the Levites. The Levites, who were twenty years old or older, were put in charge of rebuilding the Lord's temple. The workers at the temple of God were supervised by Jeshua, 
with his sons and relatives, and Cadmiel and his sons, all descendants of Hodaviah. They were helped in this task by the Levites of the family of Henadad. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets. And the Levites, descendants of Asaph, clashed their cymbals to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed. With praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. But many of the older priests, Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. The others, however, were shouting for joy. The joyful shouting and weeping mingled together in a loud noise that could be heard far in the distance. 